fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Everyone can hear you eating now. <laughs> Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates. And tonight, we're all back together again. We got the band back together. I'm a host, too. My name's Chris Leppert. <laughs> you may know me from films such, such as, as Rick Doesn't Remember Me. And I'm on vacation again. My name is Rick. No. And uh, such films <laughs> as, Rick, can you do a podcast without me this week? I'm going to be sitting in a deer stand for four weeks straight. <laughs> I'm at an archery shoot. Rick, do another podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Josh is here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Six, seven time guest whatever i'm on now woo woo <laughs> k rick flair <laughs> so um last podcast i broke down my opening weekend kentucky hunt and the encounter with the 10 point that we had on camera that josh so uh wonderfully scouted that property uh, all summer and uh yeah. It's um. It speaks French now. Yeah, we 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 only scouted that one time together. Josh scouted that uh, quite a bit by himself. So, um, this podcast we're going to talk about your guys' opening weekends, and yeah. given it's been a month ago, almost a month ago. Yeah, literally, darn uh, near, darn near it. So I figured today would be a good good opportunity for you guys to kind of break that down. And, uh, you know, share a little bit each from, cause you both hunted different WMAs. Mm -hmm. You both, uh, Josh hunted with me, you hunted with Luke and, and Pierce, Pierce and Bob. And, Bob. Mm -hmm. and you, <clears throat> you all had, uh, an experience there too, that huh. was, uh, a little bit different from ours, a little bit yeah, different from ours, yeah. a little bit, uh, wetter, but the same, but the same, <laughs> but eventually the same. So, uh, who wants to start? You let's, want, let's let Josh. Josh, yeah, Josh, you start. Oh, I guess yeah, it's start. Uh, you. You get you get to talk about um, all the oh. stuff that I missed on the last one. <laughs> yeah, so you already broke down your hunt, um, and you you had mentioned we hunted together that weekend, right? On yeah. The last podcast. Yep. Yeah. We hunted together. So I'll just talk about my part. So opening weekend in Kentucky, uh, Rick and I went to a piece of public. Um, we had scouted together. Uh, March. March, yeah. Because we, we were scouting turkeys, too. Yes, we had scouted it in March together, and then I scouted it um, on and off throughout the summer. Had multiple cameras on this place, and then eventually got on to some, some good deer. Yeah. Um, some very nice deer. Uh, there were there were three on there that I would have shot. One of which you had an encounter with opening day. Yep. Um, a nice three-year-old 10-point would probably go in the... 130s i'd say yeah little 130s um the other two were were bigger but hey i'm not gonna pass up a deer like that on public no no <laughs> um so opening day you had that encounter with that deer i was sitting in a creek bottom not too far from you but maybe, probably about 125 yards away yeah if that yeah. um i was set up on a creek crossing where i had got these deer on camera you set up on a trail um, up towards like the ridge top, um, he ended up coming towards you, and uh, just never got a shot off. And then the next day, Sunday, the second day, um, you were not able to go. No. So we had, I believe, a similar wind, and I was like, you know what, Rick's not going there. I'm gonna sit in the same spot. He saw him come out here. Um, I ended up sitting in that spot 
Let's see. I worked my way in nice and slow. Uh, what time did I get set up? I think you were I was, midday, so it was yeah. it was like one o'clock. Uh, well, I no. got there and I, I worked my way in slow. I think I was set up by like two thirty, so very yeah. early. Um, but we had gotten pictures of these bucks in that <clears throat> general area, kind of at all times during the day. Um, but heck, I, I sat up in the same area that you were in. Um, I wasn't very high up because there was plenty of cover around me, and uh, I, I faced the direction in which you said that deer had came from. So you faced you faced down the hill, down the trail. Well, I faced sideways along sideways the along the trail, I guess parallel okay. the hill. Yeah. Um, so he, if he would have came out where you said he would have, he would have been like caddy corner to my right, like in front of me, coming up towards me. Okay. Um. I was thinking he'd come out that way. Uh, that same day, I ran into a guy in the parking lot. His name's Drew. He's on the page. Super nice. Um, we ended up getting to talk. And then, you know, not a lot of people like to share information, especially about nice deer on public. Um, but we just got to chit-chat and make sure we were, you know, not heading to the same area. And we ended up sharing information about some of the deer we'd seen and it turns out we were we were both after the same deer so then we same started, three same three same yeah. three he had seen them knew about them uh same same ones that we were after are you comfortable with describing these deer at all uh yeah i guess so all right t- tell people what you're on on public land first year public land first year yeah <laughs> public land where the little idiot found a shed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we'll describe the deer. So the one Rick had an encounter with is a three-year-old 10-point, would probably go low 30s. Um, And then the other two are bigger. There is a a very wide 10-point, probably go, I don't know, what did you say, mid-40s? That's kind of what I was thinking he may go. Is that the number two deer? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then there is a (laughs) big... He'd be a mainframe 10, but he's got a, another inside point, so he's an 11. He'd probably go mid-50s. I had him 50s. load him in 50s. Yeah. Very nice deer. He's a big damn deer. Yeah. Very big deer. Big he's body. Not, he's not big a deer rack. that 99% of deer hunters would pass. And I'll be honest, I don't think a whole lot of anybody is passing that on public land. No. But I could be wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, so those were the three that we're, we're kind of after on this piece. Um, but anyway, about that guy, Drew. So we, we were, he had seen those three same deer. He was after those. He was actually hunting on the other side of the ridge. Okay. Um, so we were kind of on one side, and then he was hunting on the other side. So Sunday, we both went in about the same time. I went to where you had set up, Rick, and then he went up on the other side where he had um, uh, actually... Uh, glassed an area over there and saw them come out about four days ago. Oh, sorry. Chris is making weird faces here. <laughs> Distracting me. Anyway, he sat up on the other side of the ridge uh, where he had glass and actually seen him come out one day. So we had in about the same time. Uh, I had it in maybe a half hour before he did. So I get set up and I'm sitting there and it's early. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to see anything for quite some time it's pretty warm out some you know not paying attention i think it had rained that morning did it poured yeah it rained Absolutely that morning poured. so it was pretty quiet in the woods i'm just sitting there i was getting some b-roll uh, filming with my phone 
and then all of a sudden I hear a, a stick break like right behind me, mm. like back into my left, down the trail I walked in on, and I just happened to turn, and there's that ten point mm. standing there. As, when as I turn my head, he come up this this little ditch that I had had walked in, literally the same trail. And as I turned my head, he stopped and turned his head and looked right at me. And he was which ten is this? This, this is the small this is the one. same one Rick saw. All this right, is this the, is the small one. Yeah. Okay. So as I looked at him, he looked at me like fifteen yards. I couldn't believe it because it was three. What? When did I text you guys? But it was like three thirty in the afternoon. I was like, "What in the world?" One really long expletive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he caught me completely off guard. I was trying to get my camera on him. He turned and went back the way he came, kind of trotted off, didn't blow or anything. Um, but that was my, my one encounter with him. So so where you were set up at, so where where I set up at was there's like that little turnaround area in there. Mm-hmm. I went in, so if, I, if I'm sitting, if I'm facing the turnaround area, I went in the left-hand side of that and went past the trail that the deer came up and was in the first like large tree towards like the midway point of what it would be like the U on that where and it, so if I'm up in that tree and I'm looking out at out at that area where were you in correlation to that were you you would have been off to the right hand side there no I would have been off to I guess just your left hand side um, and facing I guess what would be east. So if you were facing north, I would be facing east. And I was so you were sitting in that big, that real big tree in the middle, right there. No, 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 no. I was. I had to be in a tree right next to where you were. Okay, uh, that, that makes um, sense then. Yeah, but I was just facing east instead of north, like you were, because I was. So you were probably in the. T- <laughs> so you were probably in the tree that I sat there and stared at for most of the time. Like, man, you should have put your. You should be in that tree right over there. Which, if I had been in that tree, I mean, it would have been a ten yard pot shot at this deer. And, you know, as, as I stated earlier, like, could I have forced a shot from the tree I was in? Yes. Would it have been smart? No, it would not have. Um, because I sat and stared at that deer for a good three minutes thinking it was a skunk because I couldn't figure out. I saw white. I saw white bobbing up and down in the bushes over there. And in my brain, it's opening weekend. I shouldn't be seeing white. I should be seeing velvet. So then all of a sudden, when I saw a sharp point, I'm like, oh, crap, that's a deer. And then he puts his head, I'm like, oh, crap, that's a 10 point. So that was when I finally got my, like, got it up and he had walked and he had had walked literally two feet to the left of that big limb that goes across that area right there. Yeah, yeah. He'd have been dead. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase that. I would have had an opportunity. (laughs) Well, very well done. Yeah, I would have had an opportunity. So I I had a clear shot of that trail. Oh, man. Um, But he ended up coming in the opposite direction. And why I mentioned Drew, so we got to talking. uh, I think this was like the next weekend or something. And we're pretty sure that he actually bumped that deer. And that's why I saw him as early as I did, coming from the opposite direction. Oh, man. Um, I think that deer was just sneaking around the ridge. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, from where Drew was, I think he bumped him coming in because he said he thought he heard something get up and move, but he wasn't sure and couldn't really tell. Um, but I'm pretty sure he bumped him. Yeah. Um, so yes, that was the one close call on opening weekend. I've been out a handful of times since then, 
have seen a little spiked buck, seen some does. That's that's about it. All right. Um, just went today and checked those cards, and that that ten point is still alive as of last week. Got a night pick of him, and then the last time I saw one of those big deer, that wide. 10 point that would probably go mid 40s was on the 17th um so there's potential that he's still around too yeah there's potential he's still around i haven't got a, a imagine video imagine what's shown up what imagine what's shown up in there during yeah. the shift and uh, what yeah. will yeah, yeah. i i cleared the cards and set them all and so i still left those cameras in there nice um and that's a that's a neat that's a neat property with the way it's it's kind of laid out um, in the way that it's managed. And I gotta think like those deer just filter in and out of there all freaking, especially during the rut. Like oh. that, that, that place has got to be stupid during so the middle of the rut. The guy drew, I was talking to, he, mm-hmm. I want to say he recently not, he hasn't been living in Kentucky that long. And that's one of the places he's, he's been hunting frequently. Um, but he said, yeah, during the rut, He'll see him running around all over and all kinds of action there, according to him. Well, and the, but the funny thing about I can't no I can't say that can't say it can't say it it'll give it away <laughs> it'll give away I can't say it yeah yeah I, I bet I bet great during the red it's stupid that was yeah. great information <laughs> I hope you guys learned from that oh what did I forget to mention oh so oddly enough like you were saying Rick like you weren't expecting to see that deer out of velvet right yeah. So oddly enough, from what I got on the cameras, like the the young deer shed all their velvet first, and then those two yeah. bigger ones held it on longer for a good bit. Yeah, like the well, I don't know, after the first week and in the second week or so. Um, so that guy Drew had an encounter with the, with the biggest one. He should have killed him. He, was that that was the night you and I went there? Yeah, that was the night you and I went there. Uh. He should have killed him that night. He he asked me to send him a picture of that deer. He's like, it haunts my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so he set up on the side he had been setting up on on this ridge where he had seen them a couple days prior to season where he had glassed them. And uh, there was a trail there. There was some fresh rubs. And he had sat there a handful of times and hadn't seen the big one. But he was like, man, he's been through here before. This is him explaining this to me mm-hmm. um so he would sit there he had a, he had his wind right and uh there was no real trees to get in so he was hunting from the ground and that that time that you and i went he had the the big deer the the 150s come within 10 yards now he's he's hunting on um so those ridges are just up, grown up like crp and he's hunting on like the wood line where the where the wood line and the uh, CRP kind of meet. Um, he was hunting. He was basically just had one lane to shoot at on this trail. Mm-hmm. Well, he could see. He happened to look up and could see the deer coming through the CRP. And he said it was bright red. Just had all his velvet hanging on. Oh my said god! It looked gnarly. It was ten yards. Mm. Went to draw, and as he like went to like. He, he said he should have just stayed where he was, but he went to stand so he could shoot over some of the grass, and his back arm hit a branch, and then that deer spooked off. As far as I know, that's the last time anyone's seen that deer. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Man. That's insane. Yeah. So that that's I mean lots of encounters. And and I mean it, it it's we're good. It's good to see all the way through. No, we're not. No. We've got we got your opening weekend. Yeah. Which Pierce was and, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a whirlwind. So This is just Kentucky, by the way, this folks. This is just Kentucky and mainly opening weekend other than him talking about his buddy Drew. Yeah. Uh, spooking the deer that time. I mean, everything else is opening weekend. So, uh, I got down there at 1,000 o'clock on Friday night <laughs> and got the camper set up and everything. Uh, I was tired. And woke up the next morning. Figured I would go to an easy in and out spot mm-hmm. where I wouldn't pressure a whole lot and do a lot of stupid stuff in the morning. So, I sat. Down low, stayed away from everything else, and um, didn't see a deer that morning. And kind of wondered if I would. Mm -hmm. When I got in there, I I, I felt confident until I checked my cameras and realized that squirrel hunters had been in and out of there a decent bit Uh. just a few days prior. I thought, well, that's probably all she wrote on this spot for a little while, but... You never know. Let's mm-hmm. sit here and not go trouncing around where we're going to hunt tonight. So I sat there, nothing, but still had a a nice sit in the old beef stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was is awesome. How thin uh, was the tree that you were in? Um, that tree I would say was probably. I'm trying to remember it. I want to say it was probably seven or eight inches in diameter. That tree wasn't bad. There's trees there. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. 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 There's like actual trees where I was there. Yeah. Don't worry, though. <laughs> we'll get to the good part. So, which for anybody that doesn't or hasn't haunted Kentucky, I think their state everything should be the honey locust because that's pretty much all that exists in Kentucky. There's It's, it's everywhere. It's like, so bad. There are so many of those thorn-covered little bastards in Kentucky. It's incredible. So, But a lot of people don't know that's a huge food source for deer. So uh, I love those pods. Yeah. So fast forward to the evening. Meet up with <laughs> old Pierce, and we change up our access just big time. Come in a different part. Of the WMA. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say one of the main reasons as to why you had to change access? Not not because it made more sense just from a hunting standpoint, but also the main parking lot. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't why, because our wind yeah. made that's why, that's this what I meant, access like, the best. Hunting-wise, but, it made sense. So we have hunted this place before, especially for turkeys and you see people opening weekend or, you know, maybe the next weekend. After that, it's pretty much a ghost town. Pretty dead. And Luke and I had archery hunted it uh, in 2019, and we didn't see a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And we got a report from old Bobo. There were nine trucks in the park. None of which lot. had Kentucky tags on them. Five of which, <laughs> I wondered... He said that, and I'm like, okay, Bob. 
he's pulling my chain, right? I only heard one truck go up in there while I was hunting. Well, five of those trucks were truck camping from New York and PA and all those wonderful They were truck camping on the WMA? Yeah. And totally fine because the G-Dub himself, my main man, Corey, I want to say Corey Ellis. Yeah. Shout out if you're listening, homie. He liked our podcast with Gilkey, by the way. Oh, good deal. Talked to him for a while. He's a hell of a dude. Um, he, like, anytime I have a question about Kentucky, bam, got his number. He's all, we're probably, I was, I was joking because me and Luke pull in there and he's like, the game warden's behind us. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I can get some answers. And so I'm probably like one of the few people in the world that's actually celebrated that. But anywho, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of trucks in the WMA parking lots. And I thought, Oh my God, you know, this is crazy, but he said it's perfectly fine to truck camp there. He didn't say anything, but he didn't write him a ticket or tell him to leave. So, and they're clear. I mean, they had a canopy set up and like they were there. All right. So, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. They weren't going where we went. I damn sure (laughs) tell you that much. They ain't that stupid. So. We go on the backside of this WMA, and I'm thinking, this is going to make it so much easier. Yeah. Well, I spent... It was funny, too, because we have our um, film team and admin mm-hmm. little thread, and everybody's wondering where Chris is. <laughs> like, guys, I'm still not to my tree, man. This is a walk. Um. I had a good, I mean, to to slip in, I think I hiked for about an hour and a half. Jesus. Um, and it was pretty warm, and there was a lot of uphill. It, it wasn't until I pretty much got there that I wasn't either going uphill or side-hilling. And uh, the thing that really made things slow going, though, I swear every five to ten steps, big old spider web. Just, mm-hmm. they're just, I know this is their time of year. But for whatever reason, they're just thicker this year, in my opinion. So, it was slow going, but I had a place where I wanted to be and where I felt like I could play the wind and win. And uh, I got up there, and there's just, I mean, there's just not a tree to get into. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, well, guess I'll sit right next to the damn trail camera. So... I sat right behind the trail camera that we'd set up. Mm-hmm. It was Pierce's cell cam. And we had, we had basically he's a seven pointer. I mean, he's got a little extra time that makes a little mini crab claw, but he's a mainframe seven. He's yeah. and he's big. Uh, not going to score a lot. I don't know what he'd score, but he's got big G twos and then just a small, uh, yeah, well, two small G threes, but. Uh, the one is tiny, but I wanted him. He's a cool deer, mm-hmm. and we had bigger deer on camera. I felt like I could hunt that deer and maybe have some success. So I look behind this camera, and I got one tree that I feel like I can get in. It's in a honeysuckle thicket, and it is, surprise, surprise, a honey locust. <laughs> That is surrounded by other honey loci. (laughs) And 
I'll also add in that when you are climbing a tree and a honey locust branch grabs a hold of you, they don't break or bend like other trees do. <laughs> They're very, very strong. They're stringy. Well, I decided to go with the one stick option um, and saddle hunt. And, dude, these branches gave her hell that night. I mean, they were catching me, and I'm I'm just, I am trying to climb up this aider, and they're just, there wasn't really like a quiet way mm-hmm. to go about this, and um, had to bend some stuff back and tie some stuff off and just get stuff out of my way. So it, it you know, it's funny because we all sit around and talk about how fast we can get up a tree, and then you do the real-life deer hunting where you don't have a perfectly straight tree that doesn't lean hard or taper. Yep. And this thing, this was a Lena. <laughs> it leaned so far forward. And so I basically had to stand on my one-stick platform in my saddle and lean up against a completely different tree just to keep from basically fighting swinging around the tree it was just it's the only place i could get and if you don't get there you're not going to have an opportunity right so we got a little fix coming up here soon for you guys on that we got we got a little red wagon (laughs) so (laughs) i'm sitting there i'm sitting there and you know nothing's come by and i'm expecting to see does or whatever and we had this little front come through this opening evening uh it got cloudy as heck and uh, the breeze picked up, it cooled down, started spitting rain, and I thought, oh my sweet peppermint Jesus, this is <laughs> this is getting good. Well, we had probably half hour, I'd say, of daylight, maybe 40 minutes left. Yep. I thought, well, it, you know, it's about that time. You better make damn sure you're ready, because when your opportunity comes, you know, you, you want to be able to take it, and as quickly as you can. And so I um I thought, well, can I reach my phone from where I'm sitting cuz I'm leaning back in my saddle a little bit. No, I can't reach my phone. So why don't we get it get it turned on, get the camera on and everything that way. All I got to do is reach up and hit the record button, point the phone mm-hmm. where I need it, and then do what I need to do to make a shot. <laughs> I reach up there and get my phone where I want it, get it on. And then I lean back and look up, and there's a gorgeous buck standing right in front of me. He's at what I guesstimate around 28 yards. Oh, man, I didn't realize he was that close. <laughs> yeah, he was close. <laughs> he was, he, I got spit in his face. So, and he, you know, we're out of state. I did let my nerves get me a little mm-hmm. bit. You just don't see deer like that. Uh, I, I don't anyway, and this year's going good, but, um, you know, I'm used to seeing does and dinks and stuff, so I would call this deer. I don't know that he'd make 130. He's an eight-pointer, but he had good enough time length that I think he would be high 20s. Mm-hmm. I gave him 128 inches. I'll shoot that deer opening day in Kentucky all day long. Oh yeah. For my first time ever hunting deer. Oh, sorry. Second second day ever hunting deer in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean this was 
so perfectly textbook, I can't even begin to describe. The wind is in no way, even if the wind does a 180, he's not going to hit it. Mm-hmm. He has no advantage right now. The wind would have to swirl big time, and we are not where the wind is probably going to swirl. Right. So he's walking through what we'll call CRP. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little path, roadway, whatever you want to call it, two track, something going through there. And he's on that. So I hit record, point the phone where I need it to be swing around the tree like a hero and come to full draw and I'm like you are mother effing dead (laughs) this is as good as in the bank cause I'm drawn he's behind a tree stepping out from behind it all I gotta do is get about three steps and this deer is getting pancaked well what I couldn't see is that that little roadway basically dropped down over a hill that I could uh, not even see was there because the grass, the CRP, weeds, so whatever you want to call it, they're like almost, you know, four feet, something oh, yeah, like easily. that. And you can kind of shoot into it, through it or whatever, but there's just patches of it where you just can't. It's well, not going to happen. Well, right about the time he's basically coming into view, he's going right back out, going downhill and underneath, behind the grass. And, and I thought... You know, it's so difficult to accept in real life for me because you do everything that you could ever want, have everything to your advantage, and simply because I was messing with my phone, you know, we'll call it the camera. I wasn't texting Mm -hmm. or, you know, wasn't being you were trying to record. I was just trying to make sure I was prepared, and because of that, you know, and and I will say, you know, if I'm in a tree stand that evening, that deer gets shot. I'm not gonna say whether or not I make a good shot. I'd like to think I would, but um, I am more prepared. The camera is pointed where it needs to be already. I can reach it. You mm-hmm. know, all that. So that's kind of one of those things where, you know, saddle hunting to me, it's a great tool in the arsenal, but it's not something that I care for when you haven't sat in a tree or scouted the exact tree and know that it's not a crazy leaning tree right, or whatever, because that really screwed me out of an opening evening opportunity on a great deer. Ugh. So yeah, saddle hunting out of crooked trees would be tough. Oh dude. It's and, and you know, here again, you know, I'll kind of contradict myself a little bit. If I have one of those bigger platforms, I'm probably fine because then you just stand straight up. You don't have to lean. Right. You can to take the load off you, but you can just stand up. You can turn around on them, everything. But I'm on a one stick platform and it's a minimalist mm-hmm. type deal. So, you know, you're not, you know, it's not the platform of the saddle's fault. It's that I didn't know what tree I needed to be in. And I also didn't listen to myself. Um, I came up with an idea earlier this year. And talked to a few of you guys about it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I know I talked to Pierce and Luke about it. I don't know if I brought it up to you or not. But I came up with the idea to use a step ladder because there's no damn trees to get in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you mentioned that and, to all of us. And 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 so, you know, and and Pierce immediately is like, 
you know, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> but you never, you know, and keep in mind, I mean, imagine an hour and a half hike with a damn oh, six-foot stepladder on your back. You'd be miserable. You, don't, you know, you don't think of it like that. But um, now going back, I wish I would have just listened to myself and made something up or whatever and taken it. Because then, then you can sit mm-hmm. wherever you want. Because then... You know, all you need is a bush. There's plenty of bushes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's honeysuckle and everything tons, everywhere. Tons of so, it everywhere. Um, so right before that encounter happens, mm-hmm. I get a text from Pierce. Hey, Chris, when you get down, don't walk back towards me. I've got a deer in the field, and he's working his way to me. So, I'm thinking, oh, cool, you know, maybe he'll kill him. Well, I get down, and, you know, this is also hearing about Rick having this buck come in on another WMA, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, then, come to find out, Pierce had what we think is probably a 150 to 155-inch eight-pointer. Which, for those of you that aren't big scoring people... That's a big deer. That's a big eight-pointer. It takes a lot to get to 150 inches as an eight-pointer. You need points. So, you know, if you have a bunch of points, they don't have to be that long. When you only have eight... <laughs> they gotta be big. You can you can guarantee that he's rocking... He's packing heat in a lot of different areas. He's probably got beams and mass. Mm-hmm. And, and this deer... This was one we had on camera, and he, I mean, he's a big damn deer. Yeah. Um, so that deer started off, I want to say he said around 120, 140 yards, and uh, he worked his way into 60, and Pierce just ran out of light and oh my never God. got a shot. So, I mean, when you think about it, our film team was literally seconds and, you know, minutes and inches, inches away away from going three three bucks on the ground opening day in Kentucky. Yeah. Two out of three of us being out of state. And then Josh following it up the next day with an encounter and with that deer that you had. So, yep. um, yeah, and my hike out, that was the worst hike <laughs> ever. Because I hiked up on this trail. I'd never been back there before. And... I hiked up this trail. Well, where I screwed up is I didn't turn the tracker on on my OnX app. Oh, no. So, Pierce, my plan was to just walk back the ridge and meet Pierce and then go down where he went. Well, couldn't walk back there now because there's a big, big deer back there. So, I had to find my own way. Well, if you've ever wondered what hell looks like, <laughs> have mosquitoes and spiders everywhere and have your batteries running down on your headlamp <laughs> while fighting your your way through a honeysuckle thicket somewhere you've never been and i'd like to add in i don't know how god accomplished this he's really he's an awesome god i don't know how you accomplish this but you also have to add in this like tall lush green grass that's somehow growing out of, off of, and over all these, like, miniature boulders, these little rocks. So you can't see 
what you're stepping on. So maybe you're stepping <laughs> flat on this step, and the next one your foot's going down in a crevasse, mm-hmm. and then on the next one you run your toe into a forward-facing rock, you know, a rock that's facing you, and about tri- I don't know how I didn't fall multiple times, and and keep in mind your momentum is working against you because oh, you're yeah. going down a damn mountain. So it, I mean, it was the worst hike out. And then to boot, that little idiot's waiting at the truck, all fresh and happy. He saw his big deer, and he's waiting behind some bushes, and scares the living shit out of me when I'm about in tears. So I just, it was one of those evenings but uh you know fast forward to the next day it rains uh luke gets in late that night um to camp it rains so we sleep in late then i i t- <laughs> i took him to the most liberal arts place you could ever go to <laughs> i took him to the arts district to have breakfast <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> um we had i don't know how i say this without offending people but we had a gentleman who i respect very much but would be into me uh wait on us yeah well he didn't wait on us he owned the business ah phenomenal food mm-hmm. but it, it's funny seeing luke's face a little bit in a place <laughs> that he generally probably wouldn't go yeah. but the food was good um let's see that evening sucked uh it was hot Mm-hmm. Bug, buggy, 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 buggy. Um, and this is, for those of you that mobile hunt, I think a lot of people can identify with this. I don't care how much you practice in the summer. There's football practice and there's football shape. And you only get in football shape by playing in the games. Mm-hmm. You don't get in football shape by going to practice and doing walkthroughs and stuff, right? So um, I did not have a system that worked out for me yet and when you couple that with this place and the absolute trash trees that you're trying to get into i mean the most leaning trees where other trees are growing up close to them so mm-hmm. you got no room to work it's just i sound like a whiner right now but it was just frustrating so I think I dropped I dropped my thermosel out of the tree. I had a couple of does come up and look at me and blow as I'm climbing the tree because I had an idea of where I wanted to be. Well, then I didn't get to be there. <laughs> it was it was hell. Uh, and then the next morning, yeah, I never really posted about this, but we'll talk about it. Uh, Luke had this grand idea to go where we had went down that little logging road turkey hunting yep well we walked down the same damn place we walked we couldn't find it well what we couldn't find it we was i mean was it that far overgrown something and i bought a new light charged it i mean it's like a damn headlight it's crazy bright there wasn't no like oh you missed it we couldn't see it it was grown up or something and i have no idea how but i found a mini little roadway it didn't run downhill it ran right. the side of the hill and then of course you know luke's basically you could tell he's sensing like lights are coming 
Yeah. Better find a tree before Chris does. <laughs> and so I'm looking, I'm studying this tree as we're walking, and you hear Luke say, I'll get up in that one. And I'm like, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Guess I won't get in that one. Well, God murks. Bleh. God murks. God murked him, all right. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> he couldn't get in that tree. <laughs> he had to get in another tree. <laughs> So I walk on down. I think I probably walked maybe a hundred yards and got up in the on tree. the bench across, like across that logging road on the bench right there. No, or? no, no, no. We're no. nowhere near there. Okay, I'll feed you, baby bird. <laughs> I get up in this walnut tree, and as I'm setting my camera stuff, you know, you're facing behind where you'll be facing when you sit down, when you put your camera on, and everything. I see something shiny. I'm like, what is that? I was 50 yards from the parking lot. <laughs> so I'm like, well, we're here. Dan Enfault talks about hunting close to the parking lot. <laughs> and I'm on, you know, if I don't see a deer, it's absolutely gorgeous where I'm at. Uh, I would call it like a glade. Almost like it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's where you and I took a rest. Break yeah, it's where it's where we took that rest where we yeah. sat, sat yeah. there in an entire bag of pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm you know fiddle farting with my phone, talking to Luke. I'd taken it out of the phone holder, and for whatever reason, I I don't know what it is, but I just like felt something, and I just moved my head a little bit to the left and caught out of my peripheral a deer, and I just like. The flinch freeze. You were mm-hmm. like, oh, God. Don't move. And I look back, and it's a buck in full velvet. Duh. Oh, damn. My phone's in my hand. Not my release. Not my bow. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get a phone in a phone holder. <laughs> then we got to pick a bow up and get a release and then range this thing. Well, there's a little island mm-hmm. clump of trees. And... He so graciously steps back behind that. So I put my phone in the phone holder, swing the camera around, point it where he's going to come out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, get the release out, get the bow ready and everything. And I just to make sure, because I had ranged stuff, but I just, I'm pretty cautious about yardage Mm because I burn a lot on yardage. Ask anybody that shoots with me in the IBO. So I range right where he's going to step out. It's 30 yards, and I'm like, oh, God, dude, you're okay. And admittedly, this isn't a big buck. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I got really excited. You'd, you'd have thought that it was a 140-inch deer, but I don't know if it was because he was in full velvet or I just wanted to lead us off or what it was, but we're talking about a 100-inch deer uh, that was eight or nine points and in full velvet and you know, I'd call him a two-year-old, mm-hmm. and uh, he stepped out from behind that. As he stepped out from behind the clump of woods, I come to full draw, and right as I start to pull through my shot and squeeze my shoulder blades, he just turns on a dime right at me. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 let off a little bit there buddy (laughs) let's see what he's gonna do well he stood there for a long time uh i looked at the video 
and I was at full draw for a minute and 47 seconds, which if you've ever practiced to see how long you can hold, the only reason I know is I was practicing for elk hunting and that's an eternity. 30 seconds is a long time. Yeah. Normally when you're at a, uh, IBO shoot, it's like you come to full draw and then your shot process is like seven seconds Mm -hmm. roughly. Mine's longer. It's probably about 13, maybe something like that, maybe 15, but still adding a minute and a half to that is. That's a lot lot. of time. Yeah, it's a lot of time. You roast your shoulder. And. absolutely roast it. To be clear, I had just given up using my bow and borrowed a buddy's bow, which has way less let off and a lot more holding weight when you're at full draw. So I was, I mean, I was roasting. Well, this deer turned, and he had come significantly closer, and I shot him for 25 yards. For whatever reason, that arrow took off to the right, way, way, way right. And uh, come to find out, I think that um, I had just set all my first, second, and third axis on my sight when it was on my other bow. Well, I switched bows and everything happened. Yeah. you know, one thing led to another and it's opening week and you're trying to get everything prepared and get stuff ready for camp. Just slipped my mind to redo it. And I think that's that paired with the fact that I came out of my peep and off my string three or four times from holding. Cause you got to, when you do that, you'll notice you have to like blink to clear your vision up. It mm-hmm. just, it's insane. Um, I feel like I'm having a seizure sometimes when I hold that long. I can't see anything. So, uh, shot the deer in the shoulder, tracked him for roughly, according to Onyx, it was like 300 yards. Uh, did not get a lot of penetration. This is a 25-yard shot with a 517-grain arrow, 71-pound draw, 27.5-inch draw length, 71-pound uh, draw weight. Uh, and we had a cut on contact head and my arrow stopped significantly. So admittedly the FOC wasn't there very well, but kind of to me, I don't think I, I basically, it changed my mind on a heavier arrow setup. Um, not so much that I don't think that that works better but there are certain places that you can't hit. And if you do hit and don't hit it perfectly, I don't care if you have a thousand grain arrow or, you know, whatever. Now, if you're rocking 90 pounds and 700 grains, yeah, okay, that's different. When you're using a common man bow, 60, 70 pounds, and use a five, six, 700 grain arrow, the ridge on the shoulder there, yeah. you're just not. And, and, you know, the leg bone and everything, it's so easy to glance. It has nothing to do to me with the power of the arrow. It's the path of least resistance and it's going to take it every time. So, um, yeah, kind of broke my heart a little bit. And of course, um, you know, not only feeling like you kind of let everybody down and everything, but really the biggest part is that you wound a deer. And, yeah. you know, that's never, if you enjoy it, you're, crazy i don't know anybody that does but uh that you do not feel good after that and uh you know of course being a 
target guy. Nobody ever expects that kind of stuff to happen, but here we are. It does. It's real life, and uh, I've really had to kind of pick my head up and sort of just keep pushing on. But It uh, happens, man. It we, happens. Yeah. We've got a new arrow set up now um, that is just flying. Those arrows, they were fine, but they never did fly the greatest anyway. Mm-hmm. And, man, what we're working with now is just incredible more good so didn't you didn't you say you tracked that deer past the one that didn't even see him oh man <laughs> <laughs> gotta bring that shit up so i'm walking on <laughs> i'm walking on this hillside and i'm following decent blood and i jump a deer i'm like man i wonder if that was that deer well turns out i don't think that it was but it was 20 yards from this dude. He just started coming down out of his tree, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm really sorry, but did you see a deer run past here with a wound? He's like, I haven't seen anything all morning, and I'm like, you didn't just see the deer I jumped? (laughs) No, man, I didn't see anything. I'm like, damn, dude, you sleeping? How was that nap? Because there was a deer right there, and then my deer literally walked in front of you, literally the way you're facing, and it wasn't like it was, oh, it was so thick, and I I could see the dude plain as day. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, you know, he was on a tree way lower, Mm -hmm. so he had to come up pretty high to get a little above eye level. I mean, I I immediately perked up because I thought, this guy saw that deer, and he could give me some insight on, you know, how wounded is he you know whatever no yeah no <laughs> like well <laughs> so well i mean we all had fun that weekend though i think i think it's yeah. <laughs> at least everybody had fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it was fun at later, least we all saw deer later uh what was i just it? hope both sunday night yeah that's i mean when you think about it um you're not new to public land you've been no. hunting it with your dad a good bit yeah um Josh is brand new to it this year, and I'm still relatively new. I didn't hunt public land, really. I went on an elk hunt, but that, mm-hmm. that, ain't, that ain't nothing. I went hiking. Um, <laughs> I didn't start hunting public land until 2017. Mm-hmm. Matt Amrine talking about seeing deer and turkeys at one of the most pressured pieces in Ohio, and I'm like, okay, let's go see. Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, it was fun. Luke roasted some chickens, mm-hmm. and those were, that might have been. The highlight of the trip. Uh, I wouldn't call it that, but that was some damn good chicken. Yeah. It's not now that it's sat in your cooler. For <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's in the cooler. I don't think it was oh, the chickens. Oh, man. <laughs> but whatever's in that oh, cooler. Right. You don't want to smell I don't. I don't. I don't even want to Here, think about here's it. Here's my cooler. Sit yeah, on this, we, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> we were at his house. He was like, "Here, sit on this," and they're sitting there and they're like, "What is that smell?" <laughs> I don't mean to like be a, d- but something smells dead. I'm like, you know, you're right. <laughs> that There's was several the, dead things. That in was there. with the cooler closed. And oh my yeah, gosh. that was a like a quote unquote airtight cooler. Well, apparently, it's <laughs> so, not. Yeah, we made the mistake of opening it. Oh, goodness. Dude. So, anywho. 
Another um, story for another time. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so um, yeah, can, Kentucky's been a bust so far, but we're learning, and uh, I have a feeling we got muzzleloader season coming up. Uh, yeah. Week. Uh, next weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. So when so. this comes out, it'll be it'll be that Saturday. Yep. <clears throat> so, so, um, if. <laughs> If all the uh, children don't kill deer with rifles this weekend, youth oh, gun is this weekend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take comfort in the fact that more than likely... I don't think those kids are going to be going back where you were most hunting. Most kids are not going to be where Pierce and I were. No. Now, you might get a long-legged 16-year-old boy that wanders back there with a rifle, but... Enjoy get finding a tree to get in. <laughs> I'm taking a damn ladder. Well, so is that your concluder? Yeah, my concluder, get your damn ladder. <laughs> you can't find trees to get in, sit on a ladder. Josh, concluder? Uh, for anyone out there, still on public, keep after it. We're, we're still after it. We still all have our tags. The October law is the great, yeah. Actually, my concluder is the October law is the best time to hunt. Because everybody. There was no one today. No yeah, one was out yep. there. So everybody has gotten their fill of, oh, I got to go deer hunting. And yep. then they realize that it blows because it's hot and there's bugs everywhere. And you can't it because there's leaves everywhere too. Well, now we have white oaks dropping mm-hmm. and deer are switching. Switching their food patterns, sources. all their food sources are changing where they were once visible in daylight for hundreds or thousands of yards. Now they're bedded up under white oaks and walking 50 yards to eat acorns because mm-hmm. it's in a circle. And then they walk, you know, 100 yards or whatever to a creek or puddle, get a drink, take a crap, and then go lay back down. Yep. He doesn't have to go anywhere. He's safe. He's not pressured. Well, that explains why. Everybody has deer disappear. They didn't dig a hole. They're just not visible right now. Right. They don't have to come into your corn pile in the day. Even though you'll have a few of those. But um, but the cool part is, is if you start seeing those deer on camera or in person in daylight, that's a dead deer. Yep. So, yep. Uh, love the October law. Had a little success during it. Um, killed a couple good deer in it. So, I'm hoping, and I... Well, next podcast. Next podcast. Yeah, so uh, that said, I have been concluded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My concluder, as always, if you have the ability to take somebody out hunting or fishing, please do it. Uh, My other side of that, though, is um, we talk a lot about uh, deer hunting right now. Uh, Fishing is on fire. Oh, yeah. Um, Fishing's on fire. Fishing's on fire. You'll hear about it during the next podcast. Um and uh, the trophy, the the brown trophies aren't always in the woods this time of year. They're in the lakes too. So um, I'll be happy to tell that one from one of my many vacations that Chris said that I took this past <laughs> month. <laughs> so, guys, this has been fueled by the outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leopard, and tonight we've been joined by uh, Josh Luck. So, thanks, y'all. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. See ya. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, 
CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.